Welcome to the Color of Influence podcast, where you will hear conversations from influential people of color from around the world, from social media, and right here in your communities. These behind the scenes conversations will motivate you, inspire you, and encourage you. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. With the overturning of Roe v. Wade, women's reproductive rights are at risk. Depending on what state you live in depends on just how much the government has a say over your reproductive system. Today I sit down with Dr. Garrett to talk about reasons why women need to get abortions because of medical reasons. I am one of those women who had an abortion because I had a miscarriage. It was not an unwanted pregnancy, but the baby did not survive. So today, Dr. Garrett is gonna go over some of the reasons why women need to receive abortions for medical reasons. All right, welcome back to the podcast. I am here with Dr. Angelica Garrett. We are gonna be talking about this Roe v. Wade case and what exactly it means for women's health. So Dr. Garrett, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and we're gonna get right into our conversation. Sure, hello everybody. I'm Dr. Garrett I um, and currently an associate professor at Meharry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I did my residency training at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, uh, Minnesota, board certified OBGYN. And where are you located right now? Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. So as everyone knows, um, we are actually recording on August 25th and today Texas and I believe Tennessee implemented their laws for abortion today trigger laws yes the trigger right. laws into effect so can you explain what that means to us for as far as like those two cases what does that mean so i have to look for what it meant for texas but i'm sure it's similar to tennessee um but basically it limits the ability to have um a termination after six weeks which most women don't even realize that they're pregnant at that time. Um, and it puts it under the caveat of life-saving life um, conditions are would be acceptable. So um, let's see, like a ruptured ectopic pregnancy, something along those lines would be able to be uh, terminated, but you cannot freely terminate pregnancy regardless of uh, fetal anomalies or incompatibility with life. Um, after six weeks of pregnancy. And for, for those of you who don't know, a lot of the you know, development doesn't even occur until well past that six weeks. Yeah, and Texas is the same, um, but they've kind of upped the ante a little bit where they also have it where um, if you take someone to get an abortion or if you actually are the doctor who pers- uh, does the procedure, you could be arrested, but it's a civil case. It's not a criminal case. Um, So that's where we're at here at Tennessee as well. Yeah. Okay. So in general, what does it mean if all states ban abortions? Well, so the good thing about our government, I say there is, you know, red and blue. And blue is never going to ban abortion. It would Mm -hmm. take 
a lot for a blue state to ban abortion. But what it does is those red states, it makes the the care extremely limited for people living in a red state. And it it overpopulates or makes the the clinic and the providers who do do the abortions in the blue states um, overwhelmed with the amount of patients that may come in. And so, you, you know, you're talking about basically hopping state to state to, be right. able to get the care that, you know, you need to terminate a pregnancy. So for Texas, you know, California would be where you'd, you'd be headed out. California, Tennessee, we're looking at Illinois. So it's, you, it's a, it's a great map that you, if you ever wanted to Google on, on Google, that just shows where the abortion right stands and you can see where it's red and where it's blue. And basically all the women are going to have to travel to blue to, right. to get the care that they need. Yeah. So one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about, um, because when people think about abortions, they always think about incest. They think about rape. They think about, um, you know, situations where people were forcibly um, involved in sex. Mm -hmm. But in real life, there are different reasons why women get abortions mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with being forced into intercourse or, um, you know, just an unwanted pregnancy. Right. So can you talk about some reasons why a woman may need to get an abortion after six weeks? Well, obviously it's choice, right? If you don't desire no longer to, you know, expand your family, that's the number one. It should be your choice to decide to do that or not. Right. Maternal health indications, for example, a patient may have, you know, um, lupus and uh, getting pregnant with a lupus condition is, could be life-threatening to the patient, uh, the right. pregnant mom. Um, we can talk, we can think of things like, um, certain heart conditions in a mother would make them a poor candidate for pregnancy. Um, and then when you talk about later abortions, that's about, you know, things that are in fetuses that are not compatible with life. So you talk about the different trisomies, everyone thinks of down syndrome, but that's not, you know, that's, that's compatible with life, but we're talking like the trisomy 13 and 18, those babies tend to, you know, maybe live, you know, a week or two after delivery. Mm. Um, fetal anomalies where, you know, the, the, the brain may, may have not developed that's called anencephaly. So, you know, that baby cannot survive outside of the womb. Right. So, you know, to make a mother carry a baby to term, to deliver for it, to not even take a breath outside of the womb is what yeah. we're doing with these new laws. Right. And definitely, I mean, I, when I was doing my chemo, that was right. one of the things she told me that there is no way that I could get pregnant. Um, so I had to take whatever precautions I had right. to. Um, she there's I no couldn't. way she wanted you to get pregnant because you could definitely get pregnant while you're on chemo. She didn't want you to get pregnant. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I would have to stop treatment Yep. Um, for the, the whole term of attack, my... They attack all... The chemotherapy attacks all good cells. So that's your fetus, your fetus as well. Yeah. And I actually had to have an abortion... Um, I didn't know that I was getting an abortion because they kept saying DNC until I went to the hospital and the billing department kept saying abortion to me. And the lady was like, no, it's the same exact thing on your billing code. 
So it's still considered an abortion when you process it through your insurance. So I guess it's like something with the codes is the same. Well, so so a DNC is is just that. That's a DNC could be for a, an unwanted pregnancy termination. It could be for a um, a pregnancy that a miscarriage that you can't pass, you know, without you know some type of help. Because sometimes right. all miscarriages you can spontaneously pass. So the DNC is the procedure, and it's done for either either or. So it's oh okay, got it. So the procedure is called a DNC. Yeah, dilation and curettage. It could either be suction curettage, which is what most people are familiar with, that we insert, you know, tubing and suck out the um the pregnancy, whether it be passed like a miscarriage or live like a elective termination. Okay. It's the it's the procedure is the same. Got it. Okay. And in my situation, it was a miscarriage. With my fibroids, um, she didn't want it to sit because she wasn't sure if it was gonna pass. Right. So, um, yeah. so yeah. you had you had a DN, you had the procedure, mm-hmm. but it was under the caveat that you already had a a missed abortion or or, or a um a, a miscarriage. Right. Okay. So I think that's where people and when government should stay out of women's health and our lane because the things that are terminated it's the word abortion is used um, to describe pregnancy loss so example a spontaneous abortion is what women go through who have miscarriages who they right. have a heartbeat at one visit and the next visit they don't have a heartbeat you know um, a missed abortion is what we describe as the the baby has passed inside but you haven't passed the passed the baby you know, an incomplete abortion is when the baby, you know, had passed inside, but it's it's on its way out. So we use that term to 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 describe all type of pregnancy loss. How okay. It's confusing and, and um, messy when you think about the words abortion and reverse weight. Right. And I think that that is important that for everybody to understand because, you know, people who are against it, the first thing that they say is well, you shouldn't uh, do things that are gonna cause you to get pregnant if you don't want a baby. But there's a lot of people who want kids and have to get abortions for medical reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a friend that had, uh, I don't know what it's called when it, the baby's in your fallopian tube. Ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she had to get it removed because mm-hmm. it wasn't viable. Right. It would kill her if it if it continued to grow in the skinny fallopian tube that's maybe like a centimeter in size. Mm-hmm. It would rupture and cause her bleeding that she could bleed out and and lose her life. So those are the situations that the red states are allowing the physicians to perform the procedure on. Okay. Now today I saw um, on the news that they were saying. Even in those situations, the doctor has to defend themselves in Tennessee and in Texas to say why they um, decided to do these procedures. Um, But as a doctor, like, how do you defend that? Because one of the words that he said was possible life threatening is one of the is the wording for ours in Texas. So how do you tell like if you're on the stand? I mean, what are you saying to them? 
see that's a different that's between that's the difference between medical knowledge and political knowledge because yeah every OBGYN knows that an ectopic pregnancy is life-threatening mm-hmm. here because if it ruptures and breaks the tube the woman can bleed to death and die so right. that is all you would have to say on the stand and who's going to sit and wait for it to spontaneously resolve when the likelihood of that is slim so um, even still you have to do something to eliminate the pregnancy in the tube so if and when I'm faced with that decision or that 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 um, I guess scenario um, well I guess I, I just had an ectopic the other day oh it was before the trigger low but right I will definitely you know stand on my ground like that and then the thing about you know courts and stuff you bring in people that are knowledgeable of the the career so like expert witnesses and that's what mm-hmm. OBGYN will get on the stand and say yeah are but there situations go that far right are there situations that you can foresee that could be an issue where it's like you're making the decision to save the mom but there's a possibility that she could have been okay where you you know where it would be a situation where you're really grappling with yes or no to to give her an abortion I think that's mostly the ones that ha- with medical health medical reasons. So, okay. you know, like, um, like I told you, a patient with like lupus or heart conditions, or you know, a patient who may you know have a new diagnosis of cervical cancer first, for example, mm. and the treatment would be radiation to the cervix. And if there's a pregnancy in there, that's going to you know term that's going to terminate the pregnancy. So when you right. think about you know, when they say abortion, would that then fall under the category of an, an, an elective abortion because the mother's, uh, you know, de- deciding to undergo cervical tra- ca- uh, cancer treatment and the radiation will kill the fetus, you know? Right. So life then is who who's going to be cho- deciding, you know, what she should do. Yeah. And that is tough because technically it would be. She would have had an abortion or you know, the pregnancy would have been terminated regardless because of the type of treatment that she was going to have. Right, right. And the new problem is that um, when politicians write um, medical laws is that they are trying to say that an IUD is an abortion factor. And it's it's not a, a device that the IUD does not cause abortions. We can use a specific IUD, the copper IUD, to prevent preg- unwanted pregnancy, just like right. you can plan B or even birth control pills. But um, if a pregnancy is going to occur, the IUD is not going to stop it from occurring. But that is now the, the thing that we are concerned about removing good birth control like IUDs from um, the accessibility of patients because of these new laws. That is crazy. So they're not going to allow to have them. And if they have them, they may have to have them removed. Right. Depending on your red state and how, right. how, um, how they define the, the, the use of the IUDs. Um, that but, is crazy. Mm-hmm. So. And then the other thing too, along with that, they're trying to get rid of access to birth control, right? Like that was the next debate the next thing. So that's the next thing is to eliminate the the accessible free access to birth control. But again, birth control does more than just prevent pregnancies. For example, a patient who has 
endometriosis, which is, you know, um, those are characterized by painful, heavy menses. How we control that? We give birth control pills because that yeah. decreases the blood flow, uh, decreases the, the, the amount of menstrual flow, decreases the pain. And it is, yes, preventing pregnancy. The treatment choice for a treatment of endometriosis is birth control. Right. Um, you can you can look at other situations where you know other heavy menstrual bleeding episodes. You know, you we prescribe IUDs for that. So birth control is just not all about preventing pregnancy. It is it's a health concern. Right. And I know that when I um, had my fibroids, she told me that if they were going to continue to grow that that would be a possibility too, um, to help. I don't know, like the whole process, but that was right. one so of the, the so yeah. So fibroids, the, the birth control would, would help decrease the amount of estrogen that is exposed to the fibroids. So the fibroid won't grow that can help you from not having to undergo a surgery to right. remove them. So, you know, it's a more conservative management that, but saves you from uh, going under, under anesthesia, for mm-hmm. a myomectomy that could then lead to other complications like bleeding, infection, you know, damage to surrounding organs. So to prevent that step, she wanted to try, would want to try birth control. And that's right. very reasonable. And that's what most OBGYNs would start with. The duty is to not put a patient on the table for surgery if we can help them another way. Exactly. And the costs, I mean... I just know people who have had those procedures done and the cost is astronomical um, because you're also paying the surgery staff. So it's not like you're paying everybody. You're paying. Yeah. You're paying the anesthesia, anesthesiologist. You're paying off a piece of equipment, instrument, suture, knife we use. You're paying for my time. You're paying. It's yes, it's very expensive. Yeah. So it's almost like they're forcing us to go into debt with medical bills by taking away things that can prevent these surgeries from even happening. Right. And let's not talk about, you know, unwanted pregnancies and then the baby, and then there's no assistance after, you know, so right. that's why, you know, a lot of people say, you know, people are not really pro, you know, pro, pro, uh, pro-life. They just want you to have pro-baby because pro-life would be helping sure these, um, women can provide for these children outside of the womb. Yeah. And I mean, in Texas, there is no paid maternity leave. So when you get pregnant, if you don't have days, you're either on disability or you just do FMLA to save your job, but you're not getting paid. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was blessed to have my daughter during COVID Mm -hmm. because we are working from home. So they allowed me to, you know, not use any of my days and have a doctor's note that just said that I could still work remotely, you know, right after Kingsley was born. So otherwise I would have been out days. And then now I need those days (laughs) because I'm going to have to have surgery, but it's crazy. Like there's nothing for us. Tennessee is similar. When I had um, my um, second daughter down here, I had to use my sick time, my vacation days, and then my disability to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, make pay for, well, get, you know, a paycheck. So it's not a friend, the United States is not friendly for mothers to have babies or even, you know, fathers, paternity leave. It's, this is not, we're not a pro-life 
um, place. We're just no. have this baby place. <laughs> exactly. And it's crazy because, you know, even in Texas, like our foster care system is terrible. We have so many kids like working in the education system. There are so many foster homes around our schools mm. and these kids is just like a revolving door of them just getting moved in. Then they're going to another school because they get sent to another one or they try to go back to their parents and can't or it's it's sad. And the kids are the ones who suffer. Um, yeah. And it's almost like they forget that these kids become adults. So, right. you know their futures are really going to be tough just based off of how they came into this world. Yeah, you're right. But some would rather this them come into the world than, you know, help them live in the world. Yeah. Our, you may not know, but our governing body, so American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, is based in Dallas. And um, every, every, you know, few months, um, newly uh, trained OBGYNs have to travel to Dallas to sit for their oral boards to be board certified. Well, the OBGYNs are, you know, protesting our own group to move our um, headquarters out of out of Texas. Uh, yeah, clearly a state that is not friendly for women's reproductive rights. So we it's a battle in, in our own. <laughs> but this year they're not bringing the uh, the doctors to down to Dallas to take the exam they're doing it virtual so that's okay in the right place but yeah so it's like why give i don't want to give my money to uh to a state that doesn't want to that doesn't honor women's health rights and right is health care yeah i'm concerned that people are going to start coming through the emergency department with um you know their yard abortion and what does that right. mean that means you know getting a coat a wire coat hanger you know, uh, heating it up with a, like a, a lighter and mm -hmm. inserting it through through your vagina, through your cervix, trying to rupture the the sack of water where the bag where the baby is, and that you you can already imagine the detrimental effects of that infection, bleeding death, right? Yeah. So if you're desperate, if you're not able to cross state lines to get to another state a friendly state that can do the procedure i mean there's laws that are already set that you have to wait you know 48 hours before you can get the abortion anyway it's like yep. kind of like rethink it law so just imagine that so i'm just that's what i'm afraid is going to you know start happening i haven't seen that in my lifetime but my partners who are older and older than me and have been in this game a long time they were around when when that was happening so they're, yeah that they're gonna see that all over again and that's so scary and it's useless. It's, it's unnecessary. Um, and, you know, I don't understand why women are not considered citizens and people and why we have zero rights. And I mean, it's just, it's insane. And I don't, you know, you try to think of the positives of living here, like in this country. Um, and obviously it could be worse. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but there are some third world countries that allow abortions for free. Right. Because you think about it, if you're constantly having kids and we're already a country that is poor mm -hmm. and you're steady having kids, that's not going to help us in any way. I would advise anyone if they have time and are interested in this to watch 
Roe v. Wade on Netflix. And it shows you why, you know, the abortion laws are the way they are, because it's all about money, access and gain. It has nothing to do with women's rights or women's health care. It's a very eye-opening documentary. It's on Netflix. If anyone ever wants to dive into it, you'll 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 see how much the Catholic Church runs the politicians in like mm. Texas and stuff, and the yeah. and the the big spenders. You'll see. It's a really good documentary. It, it upset me, but it let me. It opened some light. Yeah. Say. Now, with when Biden put forth this like to overturn the whatever the verdict oh, oh, oh just so it's like oh he put on paper that he doesn't support it because it doesn't do anything so there's nothing like that doesn't matter that he no, said that matter. if it mattered trigger law wouldn't win it ours wouldn't have went into effect you know like yeah <laughs> you know it's another thing to put on paper that he you know he wasn't in favor of this but i mean we can talk for days about how our government needs to be restructured. There should be no way that one person be appointed to any judicial branch or any government branch and stay there for the remainder of yeah his- their life. Yeah. yeah. So it his his uh, his band, I guess, whatever you want to call it, does nothing. Okay, because that was one of the things like I follow this girl on um, Instagram that kind of goes through it. And that's what she was like. Yeah, he's just saying it, but it doesn't change anything. It just turns everything over to the states. Mm -hmm. So the federal government has no say in what happens in each state. Yes, it just turns everything over over to the to the states. And yeah, you're in one of those red states. You already know what, what time it is. Yeah. And I mean, November is so important. I know for us, um, you know, we have our lots of elections that are going to change the course of what Texas looks like in the future if, you know, if we get our way. Um, is that the same for y'all too? Not so much. I mean, we, it's, so Nashville is the bubble of the red. So, you know, it is, Got it. it's, it's. The rest of Tennessee is not on board. It's the bubble. Yeah. But I mean, that doesn't, I'm not trying to discourage anyone from in Tennessee from voting, clearly vote, but you know, it's, it's the bubble of, of the red. Yeah. And I think for us, because we've had so many transplants uh-huh. come to Texas, that that might be our saving grace. Um, I mean, there are tons of people from California moving mm-hmm. because so many businesses and companies have moved their companies to Texas for the cost. Mm-hmm. So um, like we have Tesla. I oh, think right. that there's like some other companies that were in California that are coming to Texas. Um, just a lot of people are moving their businesses here in general um, just because of the cost. We don't pay state taxes. So it's a great opportunity for businesses. So, I mean, you y'all get rid of Ted Cruz, y'all are on the way. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> I'm hoping and praying. And right now, Beto is looking really good. I mean, you know, when they do those little polls and stuff. So uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, that's true. Up. 
polls happen, yeah. and then the election night. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation because this electoral and popular, I I can't get down with that. I yeah, I don't. It's ridiculous. It, I don't it's, understand it's that. Not, it's not government is not set up for the people. Right. I mean, what? And I understand why people are like, my vote doesn't count because in mm-hmm. a sense, sometimes it doesn't. Depending on where you live. I know. But it's depressing. It is. It's sad. So <laughs> going forward, though, what is something that women in these red states can do? Like, is there conversations they should be having with their doctors? Right now, we have access to birth control. So is that something that, you know, more conversations that we need to have? What do we need to do? Right. So for me, any any patient I see now, the conversation is always about contraceptive and what are your desires for a future pregnancy? You know, if you today, how would you handle it? Right. Yeah. Have to put that in perspective. And, you know, it, it is it's talking about long term contraceptive. So IUDs um, implants. So, you know, our the IUD, we have some that range from five to 10 years, you know, um, the next one, which is the insert that goes in the arm that can stay for three years. So my younger, like about to go to college students, I, I, I focus really much on uh, that long-term contraceptive. Yeah. Like, it has to be a conversation that you, I would hope as OBGYNs, we are starting patients, but if not advocate for yourself and say, Hey, what, what, what things are available for me? Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to be caught in a situation that you could potentially control. So we can't control pregnancy if we are on appropriate contraceptive. Now, in the event that someone, you know, feels like they may be pregnant or, um, because I feel like, I don't know, just having, it's weird to just be sitting there with a bunch of pregnancy tests. Like, I know. Right? let me hurry up and take this test. Like, I don't, like, like, I don't know if I'm pregnant or not. And I mean, is that something that people should do though? Because it's the problem with that is this, because pregnancy determination you is a menst, a mist menstie is a menstrual right. cycle. That's four weeks right yeah so you if you you know and some women are like oh well sometimes i'm regular sometimes i'm irregular like so yeah it puts a lot of stress on a woman to know her cycle like clockwork and not all of us can say yes my my cycle comes every first of the month it doesn't work like that the body yeah made to work like that you know you could be in a stressful situation at at your job for a few weeks and that changes your whole cycle mm-hmm. you know so I, it, it that's why i'm pushing you know birth control if you yeah. know that you do not have any desire to be pregnant in the next one to two years three to six months let's try to prevent that so we are not rushing or trying to ship you to another state to get the care that you need yeah now what do you think about these apps because now that's the thing like I used to use flow to track my period when I was trying to get pregnant and then I used it after um not as consistency but consistently I meant but um like I was using that app for maybe like five or six years um when it first came out till I got pregnant 
Um, but they're saying that that information is going to be used against women to see if they've had abortions or not. I think I've read something that it has already had been used against a, some, a woman in a, in a state somewhere. Um, so you don't need the app, right? You don't need yeah. that. You just need a calendar. Exactly. Take Go back old school. Take a calendar. You know, we all use uh, planners. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think people still use planners right in and there. But, um, you know, it's too many. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but it's too much access to the phone that are that exposes you to, you know, other things. Clearly, you know, you could be looking on your phone. You could be looking up something uh, about uh, you could be talking about a shoe that you like. The next thing you know, you open your right. Phone and you see the <laughs> shoe, right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be that theorist, but don't use the app. You don't need the yeah. app that we can. We don't have to depend on electronics like that it's just simple as a calendar and you writing that oh my period happened right there most women ovulate between day 12 and 14 so count it out you know and then see where you fall you don't need that app yeah which is good advice um because like even for me like once I saw that like I don't think about those types of things I just put it in there and you know you it's the convenience of it um not realizing that later on, like this could be used for whatever reason. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So it's sad. I mean, I feel so bad for like our daughters because it's going to be a lot happening. You know, if things are not changing, who knows what they're going to be dealing with by the time they're our age. Like, it's crazy. I already know what I'm doing. My kid, my daughter, first period, boom, birth control. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy, right? You right. just, I hope the world is better for them, but you Not just never know. Not the rate it looks know. like we're going, huh? Yeah, you just don't know. Um, Dr. Garrett, thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you for having me. I think I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it on each podcast. This was good information because I really think that a lot of people don't understand like what is all entailed in an abortion, why women get them. It's not just about unwanted pregnancies and, you know, being molested or raped. Um, There are lots of medical reasons why women need to get abortions just to save their lives. Um, and sometimes it's to have a better quality of life for that child. Like we know that if it comes into the world, it will not have an extended life or a life that anyone, you know, full of medical appointments because of the things that happen in, in, uh, what do you call it in vitro? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I guess my final sum it all would be, you can be pro-life, pro-choice. But it should always be the woman's choice. Like, you yes, can have your view is pro-life. I can have my view is pro-choice. But if it's me sitting in the chair, I should be able to determine what I'm going to do. A hundred percent. And that's all. That's how I feel about all health care. We're not yeah. around telling men to snip it up. Right. Right. Okay. Exactly. That's my closing. <laughs> yes, which is a good closing, because when they start putting uh, what is a vasectomies on the table? Everything's about to change. What you said. Everything. (laughs) All right. 
take that Viagra away, then it's really going down. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Sure All enough. Right. <laughs> All right. Th- thank you again, Dr. Garrett. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on all social media platforms from YouTube to Facebook at The Color of Influence and on Instagram, the underscore color underscore of underscore influence. You can check out all of our episodes and additional content on our website, thecolorofinfluence.com. And that's an in only for influence. And don't forget to share the podcast with someone you know and have them share the podcast with someone they know. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, peace out. <laughs>